answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today as we talk about financial matters, both myself and my co-host here, Pat. We're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself and come here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. And um, Take your calls and answer your questions. Yeah. And if you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll realize that the show tends to focus on retirement issues. And the reason is, is because for most people, that's their number one financial goal. And it's not the fact that everyone is dying to retire. And it's like, I can't wait to retire. It's just that um, it's important to get to a position where you have financial independence, where work is an option and not an obligation. And the reality is, studies have shown that roughly one out of two of us are going to retire before we had planned. Prior till the planned retirement date? Yes. Whatever as, that date is. And as practicing financial advisors for almost 30 years, we have seen firsthand enough situations where people come in and say, I was planning on this. Then my employer moved. Then they, they, they told me they no longer a, needed um, me. Then they my, had a health issue that We actually wrote me. a guide, the emergency guide to retirement for people that have to uh, plan their retirement much Sooner than they thought. Yeah. Probably, uh, I think it's called the Emergency yeah. Guide to Retirement. It's on our website, allworthfinancial.com. But my point is, our, this program is really designed to help people get in that position. So if that happens to them, they're in good shape. And like many Americans, if they are planning on some sort of retirement, they can and retire. Retirement, speaking from a philosophical standpoint, retirement, the idea of retirement is relatively new in humankind it is less so is, so is old age that's a good point too <laughs> if you go back long enough yeah but but like we used to kill each other we'd be gr- lucky if we made it to age 20 my great uh, grandfather right my great grandfather his retirement was to live with my grandfather that's what would happen is when you got too old to support yourself you would move in with relatives so that's, that's right in the big yeah. Irish family, they wouldn't know one more person around anyway. No one. Boil another potato. <laughs> That's what we always say. <laughs> Boil another potato. In any case. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Holy smokes. Huh? Just it's okay. it's, I think it's okay to, to uh, make thing, racial statements against a middle-aged white man. The good thing that this show All that white privilege, you didn't even see it. Good thing this show doesn't air in Boston. You'd get your butt kicked. <laughs> okay. Uh where are we We're going with this? We're going to take calls. We take calls. Retirement. Give our phone number. Retirement. It is a relatively new construct. Yes. And boomers today are facing retirement much different than the generation before them. Roughly two-thirds of baby boomers say they want to continue some sort of work in retirement. The key is to be in a position so that you can retire, and that's what we like to help people do. So if you've got a question for us, if you want a question about your retirement, question about your investments, wonder if you're allocated properly, 
wonder if you got the right kind of mix in your 401k, whatever it might be. Our contact number is 833-99-WORTH. It's toll-free, 833-99-WORTH. Numerically, it's 833-999-6784. And let's start off with Paul. Paul, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi, how are you doing today? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Paul. How can we help you? Well, I was reading one of your articles about taking Social Security potentially as early as possible and what the ramifications about that. And I had a little different scenario than most is um, I'll be 62 later this year, but I still have a 15-year-old son, which makes him eligible for dependent coverage. Yes. If I plan on working a couple more years and claiming Social Security, 100% would go back to the government, but my dependent could potentially get half of my benefits is my understanding. How does that play out? What concerns uh, you've got? How old, is your, uh, how old is your son? He's 15. 15. Through age 17, I believe, right? Yeah. 15, one five. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. The, the beneficiary is paid until it uh, becomes an age of majority or 18. It used to be... Uh, 18, so or he graduates from high school, which or, or would be graduates. three more years, or two and a half years. I think he can and, file and suspend. I don't know the answer to this. I haven't a clue, Scott. <laughs> it's just not that common. <laughs> no, I have not a clue. I know that I've had people that were... I've had grandparents adopt grandchildren uh, in order to get them eligible for Social Security. Yeah, I've had a number of clients that are receiving benefits because of a minor child. Because of a minor child. But I don't know the Because the file and suspend rules change. Otherwise, I'd say you can do a file and suspend. But it has to do with spousal. So here's... here's, So I, I think it would be a bad option to, if you... But matter of fact, if you if you sign up your benefits early, you don't exactly lose them. That's right. So even if you can't file and suspend, if you claim Social Security while you're working full-time, you're only allowed to earn about 15 or 16 grand a year before you start losing your benefits. So you'd lose all your benefits, but you don't lose them forever. You don't really lose them. You have to pay them back or the Social Security just quits sending them to you for a period of time because you're working. And you will continue to accrue benefit, number one, like because you're contributing to it. And you will also be reducing those age re- reductions but over if the he time could, that you're not taking But it. if he can file and suspend versus take it. So here's what we're going to do, Paul. We're going to write down your name and number, Jasmine, please. And I'm going to have Chris Grellis from our office give you a call and answer your question. He will research it ahead of he time. He will research it ahead of time, and he loves to do research. He is a bright young man <laughs> who loves to do research. And any time that uh, we actually have Social Security questions that are out of the norm, we oftentimes go to Mr. Yeah. Skrellis, and he answers them. That's what we're going to do for you, Paul. Yeah. Okay. So, in fact, he listens that. to our radio show on the podcast, and sometimes will email me comments about um, the show. Do you have another question that we may not be able to answer for you? <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. So here's the other scenario is let's say I do retire at, let's say, 63 and do not claim Social Security with the uh, strategy of drawing down my IRA to reduce my RMD. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Uh, How big is your RMD? How big is your retirement account? uh, The... For the 401k is about 1.1 million. 
So your required minimum distribution is not going to be all that large? Be, well, it's, it's remember, it, it, we're talking about eight years out. Yeah, all right. All right. So it's, it, it, conceivably, it's $2 million, and his RMD would be about $65,000, $67,000 a year. So deferring your Social Security to live off. So what you're making a bet, by doing that, you're essentially making a bet that uh, your Social Security is more sure than your investments in your IRA are going to be. Right? I mean, that's what the trade-off is. But I like, but I like the idea. But you know, here's Paul. I'd go further than that because you know we we actually, we do a social security workshop. I think we've got an online version that looks at three different scenarios. And so what this what really needs to happen? There's programs that can run this, and we've just uh, Chris nominated Chris to, to do it for, to do for it free. Again. again, he'll come to your house. Fact, <laughs> he'll mow your lawn when he's <laughs> done with the meeting. He'll mow your lawn. <laughs> so, but there's. <laughs> We find ourselves entertaining. Anyway. Um, but it, sometimes it comes down to what it is you're trying to accomplish. So there are programs that we can enter your information, everything you've got, and do different what-if scenarios. And how does this impact you? What's it look like when you're 80 or 85 based on these different scenarios? And sometimes going through that is the best way to really get a handle on when's it makes sense to take Social Security. On its surface... I, I like the idea, but it's worth doing the analysis. It's worth doing the analysis. Yeah. So we're going to have Chris okay. Groas yeah. call so you, hold on, answer Jasmine's the Social your... Security question, answer the the 401k yeah. uh, question. Chris Groas is going to mow your lawn. <laughs> um, look at all. That's what I you get here at all work. Anyway, appreciate the call, appreciate Paul. The call. And, you know, you're, you're picking on poor Chris Groas. We have a number of Chris Groas. part of our... At Allworth Financial, we've got, I don't know, 50 or so advisors, certified financial planners. Uh, and we we tend to hire some new college grads. Yeah, they, they start here as internships. Some of the top in, students, we'll, we'll have them intern for a period of time. We pick out some of the best ones. Then they're on a five-year path uh, to become advisor. advisor. And they do a ton of work and job shadowing. And it's a... Here's why we they do this. They do the grunt work for the more senior advisors, well, they, quite frankly. They do some of that. But <laughs> our industry, unfortunately, so much of our industry is based on transaction and commissions. Okay? So a lot of firms, have, and the reason that a lot of people aren't going into this profession anymore is because the big life insurance companies say, oh, come work for us. We're going to teach you how to go find prospects and sell them life insurance and you can make commissions. The brokerage firms, they're barely even hiring any people yes. from out of college. They, just, they, they, they want they, career changers that already have a whole network of people. Then it's like, they can sell go to sell them. your friends. And so it's a challenge for a lot of people to start in the industry. And frankly, we, we've we been doing this program for a number of years. The reason we like it is a couple of reasons. One, it, it it's a great way for us to uh, train up advisors kind of in the – the Allworth way, like Handsome McLean's, which our name was for years. We changed our name. Same company, by the way. No, we're yeah, still we're co still CEOs, here. all that stuff. Same still local here. company. <laughs> Same local company. That's not changing. We changed, We up, upgraded our name, we might want to say, because we're in multiple cities now. But uh, it's, a, it's not only a great way to train these up, but it's also a great way to bring people in the industry without having to be salespeople because – most people in this field of financial advice started out as salespeople, financial salespeople. Including us. Including us. That's how you did it back 20, that was, 30 there years wasn't, ago. That's th it. There wasn't a firm like Allworth who said, we're going to pay you. That we're going to pay you a salary to, to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. You started, you know, working. So although we pick on Chris Grouse, we have a number of Chris Grouses. Yes. And every year we have more Chris Grouses. They're not as as bright or charming or as good looking as the real Chris Grouse, I might add. Yes. Actually, they uh, they might be listening. Chris <laughs> is kind of right. We them, love everyone. Really love they are all <laughs> every one of you bright, great, charming. Yes, yes. They all, all right. do care. They, they, get, they are caring people. They, Otherwise, we, they wouldn't be working. Yes. So, all right. If you want to join a program, they get the point. Move on. Eight three three ninety nine worth is our contact number. Again, toll free. It's eight three three ninety nine worth. We are talking with Nora. Nora, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hi, Nora. I, hi. Um, I have a question about Medicare and supplemental insurance and trying to decide if it's worth the investment. My husband's decided to retire all of a sudden. And he's <laughs> so a state employee. <laughs> I mean all of a sudden. <laughs> what happened? Like, okay, sure. Sure. What happened at work? Um, yeah, what happened when you I mean, say this is all not of a atypical, sudden, by the way. Yeah, all of a sudden he <laughs> had a change in responsibilities or a new manager or what happened? Or someone, a friend of his got had a heart attack. No, he's tired. He's worked hard. He's tired. His hands hurt. His knees hurt. He's just tired. Oh, got it. Okay. And he deserves it. It's it's time. We've been sort of loosely talking about it, but you know, you kind of plan on these things instead of hey. A few months from now. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good and it's for him. all good. I just don't know enough about CalPERS, uh, the supplemental state insurance, to decide if it's worth the forty-five dollars to $60,000 I'm going to have to pay over the next 10 years. He's 55, so when he's Medicare eligible, I will have paid between forty-five and sixty if I single cover him or if I keep him double covered. And that's a lot of money. And so Are, what is it are you working, Nora? I am forever. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so do you I have? I love my job. So you, it's okay. Well, that makes it easier, right? So, do you have coverage yeah. uh, uh, for him through your employer? Excellent, extremely fabulous coverage so, that I will work until at least I'm sixty-five to keep. So what? Uh, so Even I don't longer, know. Maybe. So if he's covered by your plan, why why are you buying a Medicare supplement? I, I, well, I don't understand. And, and it wouldn't be Medicare, is, by the way, it wouldn't be a Medicare supplement until he actually goes on Medicare. Yeah. Right, right. No, but you can't. If he gives it up now, he can't get it back. So he has to, he's not covered uh, by the state. So if we give it up, you can't get it back. But and you can, at age 65, there's keeping. there's plenty of other plans out there. Yeah, yeah I don't, but I, I'm confused. I, I truly, I, I'm confused. He's retiring from the state and you say he doesn't have health insurance? I cover him on mine because I get a better deal. But he but should before he. Re- but he he's, he should go back onto the state. Correct. Tired. Correct. Correct. And I don't which believe there's be- a charge for that. There's not, but there's a premium, which is a lot higher than what we pay now. It, it costs an extra five hundred dollars a month. Got it. Okay, now Maybe I'm starting to make some sense here. So he's okay. so I'm just foregoing. He's he is foregoing his own medical. And you have him covered under your plan. And so now he's retiring yes. at 55 and they're basically saying, look, if you're not, a, if you don't, if you're not a medical when you retire, then you're not, you're not going to have an option to buy in later. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, right. And you believe that you're going to work till you're 65. So the question you're, you're trying to do is to say, 
am I willing to pay $500 a month to mitigate the risk that I no longer will be able to cover my husband on my health insurance plan? Is that what you said? Well, and more specifically, once I'm 65 and we're both Medicare eligible, we're going to get Medicare plus probably a supplemental. Yeah, yeah you can but buy that everywhere. Relative, yeah. that, that's relatively inexpensive, and you can buy it everywhere in the in the secondary market. You don't have to employ a plan for that. So keeping the state supplemental isn't a big that's bonus. correct. Their benefits aren't that fabulous. I don't know what the coverage is. So, okay. That's what I thought. That, yeah. It kind of made common sense. Yeah. So, so like my father had a, a Medicare supplement that he purchased in the private market. My was, father right, does too. Right, right, it was 200 and, It's nothing. It was my dad, my father has Kaiser. He loves it. It was like $200 a month or something like that. It wasn't a lot of well, money. I talked to a couple at a wedding the other day that said, oh, hers is way better because it's CalPERS. It's state supplemental. You know, she pays nothing on co-pays. Mine's just a regular old. Yeah, but you're talking about Medicare paying 50. You're talking about paying 45 grand over the next 10 years for that benefit. Right. Right. That's a lot of money. And that I, may or may not come. Who knows what it's going to? Who knows what's going to look like ten years now? One thing you might want to exactly. consider is the risk. The risk here, Nora, is um, he retires, foregoes his medical. He's on your plan. You become disabled. You, something you, happens to you. Yeah, you die. Right, and Good now, happen. now he's. I mean, that's the risk. So, right. If you're, if if you're. So that's a risk you're taking on, and I would say you need to look, consider how to mitigate that risk. The, the death yeah. is almost easier because you can buy some life insurance, and then I'd really look at what kind of disability you've got through work. What happens if you become totally disabled? Does your employer offer a disability plan where you can maintain your medical? Yes. That's fair enough. I it mean, those does. are real risks. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. To look. I'll look right. into that. I don't and, know what the coverage is. I'd look into all that and and spend some time on uh, the uh, what but joint I'm survivor thinking, what joint survivor pension you're going to take when your husband uh, retires. Oh, I've I've already studied and looked at that. I've chosen. My, I've made my choice. <laughs> okay, so you probably took the seventy seventy or right. Um. Yeah. The the benefit beneficiary with coverage, but yet if I pass first he gets the full amount yeah it pops up whatever plan like i think it's plan c yeah correct right so <laughs> I it's look at all his choices I, I, yes. you know this is an interesting this is an interesting dilemma here on this medicare thing i thought we'd move past no that. i'm back on it because um i always try you know anytime i'm i'm, I'm faced with a financial situation i always try to this either put scott. My, oh, this, this is, is scott. scott talking i try to put myself in that position or, or someone really close to me in that position Someone in my life, I try to put the picture them in this position because, I mean, the state, it's pretty tough to beat state medical benefits, right? Right now, you your employer's plan is better. Uh, yep. Yeah. We don't know. Do you work for a municipality or state or do you work for a private company? I work for a hospital. Hospital. Okay. They have a tendency to have fairly good, <laughs> truly hospitals. I'm not saying this jokingly. Hospitals have a tendency to have it's pretty just good health you plans. Said that, just sounded, I mean, <laughs> yeah, fantastic medical benefits. Yeah, they, they really do. They, yeah, they, they, of they, course they, they take care of their own. They, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it's it, it should. How good it is. 
Yeah, we're very fortunate. I, it's got, and you probably have a good disability plan that would provide medical in the case of that's what I would look at. Here's I would you want to insure you, yourself. Yes, you want to insure yourself for disability and for death. In order to, and it might be that. just some cheap. You might have term insurance enough through work that'll cover that. So should something happen to you where you die tomorrow? Your husband's got some cash to go out and pay buy a, a medical policy, which would not be cheap at that point, right? Or a boat. Or or, or, a, boat. <laughs> or a boat. Those are that's exactly what I was thinking. We should definitely buy before. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so insure yourself. I do. Yeah. I have one more question All right. for you. This is an interesting. I like this is an interesting topic. go. Okay. Okay. I. I don't know if I heard it on your show because I listened to KFBK for like the past 20 years or if it was one of the other guys. But one of you all said, if you don't have an IRA already, you can deposit extra cash into a non-deductible IRA and then convert it to a Roth the next day. That's correct. Kind of. Well, yeah. And I think it was you guys. Yeah, yeah. it was probably us. Uh, backdoor backdoor Roth IRA. the bad cop and Scott was a good cop. And so I seen your faces, but I never knew which voice went to which face. So now I know Scott's a bad cop. Okay. <laughs> so the am thing, I the good cop? The thing the, you're the bad yeah. cop. The the thing that that <laughs> makes it work though is you have to make sure that um, your other IRAs are not deductible because it's a. Pro- I don't have an IRA. I have yeah. No, no IRA. other IRAs at all. So you can make a no, non-deductible that's our financial planning mistake. No IRAs. Oh, well, you've done fine. Uh, Non-deductible. So you make a non-deductible IRA contribution and you convert it to a a Roth IRA and there's no tax implications. I do it. I do it. Every other year. That's exactly how I do it. Just to make it easy. So uh, come January 1, I will make the deposit for 2019 and 2020 all on the same day. And I can probably not January 1st, but sometime in the first before April 15th. Yes. Yes. And then I convert it. But if you do it multiple times, you can do it more than once because then you already have an IRA. No, I just, uh, correct. You already have a, now I've opened, you can do it forever. But let's say. As long as you have income. Yeah, so you can contribute. Let's say right for 2019, Nora, you can Uh make a non-deductible IRA contribution, right? It's, uh, is it six grand Uh plus a thousand, seven grand? uh, Or 6,500. Seven, I don't, is it seven thousand? Whatever, it's right there. Make the IRA contribution. And then the next day, you say, "I want to convert that to a Roth." They convert it to a Roth, and because you're what you're called, consider your cost basis in that IRA is equal to your deposits, the conversion triggers zero tax liability. Now, if you left it to grow there okay. for a period of time, um, then you would you could potentially have a tax liability of no. Nah, you would not, okay. You're not going to have it by doing that. You're not going to have any tax liability. And I can do that every year. Every yes. year. And your husband can do it Up as well. the maximum allowed. Yeah. But okay. you know, but, but in saying that, too, your husband can do that as well. Well, there's well. a spousal limit. But, you, right. But, but, but husband has both a 401k and a 457 that he can put money into. Yes. Right. But he's about to retire. Okay. Well, he's retiring soon, true. and he's buying a boat. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> make, just make sure it's used. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, he's not getting... He deserves both. All right. Oh, what a nice! He deserves to retire in a new boat. So oh, hey, we're good. Smokes. I really appreciate your all program. Right. I listen faithfully all the time on my commute. Thank well, you, thank Nora. you. Appreciate. It. And right. you know what? Thanks. The rest of the thanks, Nora. The rest of the husbands are out there thinking, man, where's Nora? <laughs> I know. <laughs> he deserves to retire. He deserves a new boat. He had my? an old boat before. I'm like, 
okay, this is a prank call here. Actually, this is she doesn't really exist. I actually had a friend whose boat sunk, and I said to him, ah, "I'm sorry, your boat sunk. It, it sunk. He left the plug hole open on the back, and and he's like, I'm I." I I pulled, I'm sorry, your boat sucked. Wait, he, la- he launched it and then he didn't put the uh, plug thing yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. And then they. Why did they take that out? I don't know. It was it was up in Tahoe, so he was probably, they were probably inspecting. Him, inspecting. So anyway, I said to him, I'm sorry, your, your, your boat sucked. He goes, Are you kidding? This is great. I've been trying to get a boat for three or four years. My <laughs> wife will let me get one. You know that they finance. So boats have. Boats, if you look at boat prices, they're unbelievable. Compared expensive. to the economy. It's like uh, it's they're like any they're double any sort of inflation on the way up and double the depreciation on the way down, right? And you so, can get twenty year financing on a boat. So boats, the price of boats have gone up. Not that I bought a boat recently, but I've just talked to other people. I was having a conversation the other night. They have increased in price dramatically, and during the last recession twelve years ago, you can get them for next to nothing because so they, yes. I mean they're the price can swing wildly but they do financing 20 25 years i have a friend that owns a boat dealership and he was telling me i said people will get 25 years financing on a boat oh he said oh it's common you probably shouldn't buy a boat i hope none of his clients are listening you probably shouldn't buy a boat if you have to get 20 year financing on it you probably shouldn't buy a boat if you have to get financing on it at all it is a, a luxury. luxury. It is a big luxury. It is a very large luxury. And the reason I think the reason Pat says that is we have been doing this almost 30 years. We've seen a lot of people at a later stage in life that have to have a dramatic change in their quality of living because they don't have the money saved. Because of decisions like financing yes. a boat. So if you're financing a boat... Just realize you probably will not have a boat when you're 65. Yes. And you might say, well, I'm not wakeboarding in there. But you. But it's other the standard things, of living. Yes. So, All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, our contact number, if you'd like to call us, toll free. It's 833-99-WORTH. You're listening to All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. We'll be right back. Get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Do you have a financial question that needs answering? Call us at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McClain. Thank you for being part of our program today. And hey, before we go back to the calls... Um, we are doing a an extended podcast version today, and so uh, the, for you podcast listeners, after this, we do our broadcast program. We're going to spend a few minutes talking about the Secure Retirement Act that uh, passed the House four hundred and seventeen to three, uh, and what it means to retirement accounts to beneficiaries because 
It's eliminating stretch provisions on IRAs, and we were going to talk about that. And if you're not a podcast subscriber, um, you can go to our website, All Worth Financial, sign up that way. You can go to your iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, sign up that way. And, Just um, type in All Worth, A-L-L, Worth. All Worth's Money Matters. All Worth will probably get you there, It'll, too. But yeah. All Worth, we also have an industry one that's probably not as so interesting to you. Well, that's right. Yeah, All Worth so Money You don't want matters. the state of the industry. Yeah, you don't want that. That's not Unless you're in the industry. Then you want it. Then you want then it. You may want it. Or you may not want it. All right. It's up um, to you. Yes. So, um, to be part of our program, 833-99-WORTH is the number. Again, that's toll-free, 833-99-WORTH. We're talking with Michael. Michael, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hello, Scott. Hello, Pat. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Michael. Hey, um, I have a question regarding limited partnerships and held in, a, in an IRA account. So uh, as uh, part of my retirement savings, I'm positioning some money in uh, some, in some um, dividend-paying stocks. And then I recently read somewhere a little line that said they, they might not be suitable for IRA accounts, and uh, these are the ones that I own are in a traditional IRA. Are so these master already, limited partnerships? Yeah, uh, more just limited partnerships. I, I, one of them is a master limited, and one is just a limited partnership. Where did you get them? I uh, bought them uh, through a broker with, on my online account. How long ago? Mm, about a month ago, a month and a half. And how much money is in these? Oh, not that much. Uh, Four thousand to six thousand each per per holding. Okay. So, what was your question for us? Well, uh, is there is there an issue with these being held in a tax deferred IRA? There is uh, with the, there, there is with the master limited partnerships. Yes. Okay. Not with so limited because the MLP master limited partnerships have a, a a very interesting tax structure to them, where there's pass through taxation. It's just different, and there's something right. that's called. Unrelated business taxable income. Which means that you actually have to pay taxes on um, parts of the portfolio that you may have to pay taxes on parts of the portfolio, even though it's inside of an IRA. And we had this years ago. This is about seven or eight years ago. There was a master master limited partnership that had huge tax ramifications because they sold off one of their divisions in the organization, and that was unrelated business uh, income tax. I see. So, but this doesn't hold true for limited partnerships. Correct. Limited partnerships are okay. totally different. So, right. So the tax the, liability. I guess a bigger is question here's a: Why are you yeah. buying yeah. traded limited partnerships? Why am I buying? Excuse me. Why are you buying Limited traded partnerships? Well, I, I, uh, what it is is I I have a seventy thirty seventy percent stocks thirty uh, percent fixed income portfolio. I'm I'm kind of on the cusp of retirement, and I'm positioning some of the stock. Most of my stocks are in uh, um, index funds, uh, low cost index funds. But I, I have about a hundred thousand, hundred and twenty thousand dollars in stocks that I hold indiv- it, it, that I buy independently, and then I have about a hundred thousand dollars in CDs that I hold in that in that account. Okay, all in IRAs. Yeah, in in IRAs, yes, within the IRAs. Okay, uh, and so I'm, I was just looking to position some of the portfolio to yield uh, more income. Uh, as we as we hit retirement, and and hopefully some capital appreciation as well. Um. um. 
I don't know if that's the tact I would Well, take. you know it wouldn't be. I'm trying to be nice about okay, it. So. <laughs> I, have, I have not a single limited partnership or mastered limited partnership in traded in my IRA. Or any, nor have we recommended it for any of our thousands of households. Yes, accounts. because you can get to the same place, right? With if a you, simpler structure. With a simpler structure that has uh, that has an, much M- an MLP and an IRA is a terrible idea. That number one. Yeah, I'd get rid of that thing. Got, gotcha. I, I, I got you there. But, 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 but you know, if you think about putting an LP, a limited partnership, inside of the IRA, because you're trying to generate more income, there's a thousand different ways you could go at it. You know, you could buy a dividend-producing uh, uh, index fund. You could I, buy. I do have that as well. You could buy high-yield bonds. I'm not saying you should. You could yeah, split I'm the not, difference between. At, at current interest rates, bonds are not really okay. Of interest Michael, to me. I'm going to be I'd real. Rather... I, Michael, I'm going to be yeah. real frank with you here. My bet. I've been doing this a long time, and I'm not trying to advocate yeah. that you use our firm. My bet is that over the next decade, you would be further ahead working with a great advisor than um, than the strategy you're employing. But that being said, um, gotcha. that being said, so I, I, I wouldn't mess with the MLPs or limited partnerships in the portfolio whatsoever. One other bit of advice. What's the yield on that CD that you said you have $100,000 in? Well, I have. It's, it's, uh, it's actually a CD ladder that I, I built uh, – about two years ago, so they range from two point eight to three point five percent. Perfect, perfect, good. perfect, 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 yeah. perfect, perfect. You're yeah. good. So they, good. I, they roll over every every quarter, or so yeah. so and the, and and they're in staggered. Obviously, it's a it's a ladder. So yeah, I got it. Uh, I I took advantage of some good interest yeah. rates that were available, and now now I'm I'm there's as they roll over. I don't there's not a lot of great options out there. No, for even in CDs. But, That's correct. But anyway, I, I appreciate your okay. comments. Uh, I'll take a good look at it. It's not a significant percentage of my portfolio, I and I can actually I can actually transition out of the limited partnerships and get similar yields from an incorporation. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, exactly yeah. it. Just get rid of the MLP oil yeah. transmission kind of thing. You know, yeah. the pipeline companies Got basically. It. Got it. Yeah, they're the ones so. who do most of the MLPs, but there's other ways to structure things. So, so. appreciate the call. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. It's Bye-bye. interesting. This. Um, uh, Unrelated business, income. I mean, it's. Don't you remember the uh, like yeah. a number oh, yeah. of years ago? There was a huge, some big company that was selling these MLPs. Did this massive distribution, and people all of a sudden had all these taxable gains on their IRAs. And there was another thing that was happening there too, which was because it was distributed outside of the IRA somehow. It was it, it it had some sort of penalties on it as well. And by the way, if you're some broker listening and thinking those idiots don't even understand how the whole things work, you might no, be right. Maybe you're the idiot for recommending MLPs. And I mean, well, maybe they're maybe they're right. Maybe we don't understand how they work. Um, but if given all the choices of getting to the end, I wouldn't use something that actually had more risk in it from either a uh, market risk or uh, Tax taxable risk. Well, most of those master limited partnerships did Are, not fare too well. They're, yeah, they've sold. They're not bought. Yeah, they which were. It was unusual that he bought this. Yeah, which brings me to this. Oh yes, please, you know Mr. Hansen. Both like this. Should we like this? Yes. So here's there's two stories to this story. And this was actually we took this out of a. Who put this? Wall Street Journal did this a couple weeks back, but we thought it was kind of interesting, and we will continue on with calls once we talk about this. <laughs> so. Um, first of all, 
there are there people that make mistakes buying stocks. They get the wrong ticker symbol or company very similarly priced. It 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 uh, it happens. Yes. So as an example, Zoom Technologies. We use Zoom here at the office for um, video conferencing because it's. They say it's easy. Yeah, because sometimes it works. <laughs> no, it does usually work. I'm actually, I got a little app on my iPhone or app, and they work pretty well. So Zoom Technologies, which is the ticker symbol Z00M, they went public this year. And so what happened, some people in their attempt to purchase Zoom Technologies bought stock in Zoom, Zoom. Video Communications. So they look kind of the same. They have the same... I got those two confused. Zoom Video Communications is the company that went public. Zoom Technology was the one just... It was a similar sounding name. Yes. Z-O-O-M was the old company. Zoom Video Communications, the newer company. Yes. That went public. (laughs) $1,000 investment in late March. Of this year. Yep. So you think, oh, Zoom's going public. I'm going on, open your account. And you type in just Zoom. Zoom, $1,000 investment in late March would have been worth over a million dollars. Half a million. All right, whatever. It's like, the point is the same. <laughs> yeah, right, half a million dollars by mid-April. And even if you held it today. Even on the date of this uh, first part of July, it was worth $175,000. So this is a stock that you would have bought by mistake. You were trying to buy... Zoom and you would have been video communication. You would have been very happy with that mistake. You would have. Can said, you imagine that? You you would have said, "I wouldn't." I, I made a hundredfold make... on my money by buying the wrong but stock. One of the reasons it actually ran up so much was because so many people made the same mistake. That's why it's a tiny company, very thinly traded. It was traded. penny penny traded, right? no, but so many people made the same mistake. It drove the price up. I mean, remember, think about. Uh, Stock market's like an auction market, right? That's so what it is. Supply and demand. And more buyers. Hardly any shares, Can a bunch of buyers. Can you imagine these guys at Zoom uh, Technologies just like doing backflips of how awesome this was? <laughs> well, you know some of the guys that work there. <laughs> they the were like selling it. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Look Luck at this. counts too, right? <laughs> right? Selling it, selling it. All right. Well, let's. here's another example of this, though. There's a bigger story here. Wait, there's two stories in this. Story. And this story. story, they used another example, but this was, I thought, was uh, just a good reminder about uh, booms and busts. The in second the market, story, right? So in March of 2000, there were two companies out there that had similar sounding names. Cisco. Cisco. One, the networking company, C-I-S-C-O. Which was on fire the latter part of the in 90s. In fact, it, in 1990, was it 98 or 99? It was the best performing stock in... Uh, the universe. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like it was hot. It was It hot, was hot, the hot. stock, uh, Cisco, Cisco. And there was another company called Cisco, S-Y-S-C-O. And if you eat at restaurants at all, you probably have seen them pull up the back of restaurants and deliver the the foods to the restaurants. And we all know the motto, enjoy life, eat out, was what they had on the side of their trucks for years. Oh, is that right? I believe it was. I worked in a restaurant that that finds But here's what's irony. Cisco, the hot stock. If you had bought it in March of 2000. By the way, I do recall on January, uh, I was at a New Year's party in 1999, and a woman came up to me because she knew I was in the industry, said, I am the proud owner 
She missed three stocks, one of which were Cisco. And I'm thinking, I know we're at the top of the market when people are talking about... The proud owner. Yeah. So the Cisco, the networking company, the telecom company, the company most of us have heard of, had you owned that stock... And you bought it in March, March of 2000, 2000. You would have had a loss of 12% over that time. You would have lost money. years. Had you bought Cisco, the state food <laughs> delivery company, <laughs> you, in March of 2000, you would have made 571% return on your money. Had you bought the, one of the best performing stocks... In March of 2000, Cisco, the networking company, you would have lost 12% over the last 19 years. If you had bought the old fuddy-duddy, stodgy company that delivers food to restaurants, you're up 571%. So, in other words, buy the. how do you buy low, sell high? You don't buy Cisco. You don't buy the hot stocks. You don't buy it. (laughs) Right? So, I recall around this time... My wife and I, when we were uh, engaged, we went through this uh, engaged couples class, married class of some sort, like five or six weeks through a church. They would volunteer to do this. And it was about this time this couple asked if I would come speak on budgeting or something like that to these other uh, engaged couples. It was this time. And he said, yeah, Scott, I work for Cisco. Unfortunately, not the telecom network company. I work for the food company. Because had I worked for the other company, things would have been much different for me. I recall that conversation at the time because I just remember thinking how things are so cyclical. Yeah. And here we are, 19 years later. I hope that he worked for the food company. (laughs) He didn't quit the food company and go to work for the networking company. Dumb. Mistaken stock purchases. It's just a good reminder, I think, to not buy. Well, the story was about mistaken stocks, but I found the bigger story here was the fact that you buy the hot stock, odds are it's not going to be the hot stock forever. Just the way it works. Statistic. I mean, come on, just go and look at the look at the stocks that were the darlings years. General Electric. They never stay the, the darlings forever. All right, let's continue on with calls. Eight three three ninety nine worth is the number. Again, toll free. It's eight three three ninety nine worth. We're talking with Steve. Steve, you're with All Worth Money Matters. My question is uh, related to the uh, the advised three-legged stool for retirement. Uh, in my case, I uh, work for the government, so I've got a government pension and then Social Security. And naturally, I'm going to have Social Security reduced from that uh, WEP program. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, would it make sense to use a portion of uh, my IRA funds to, to, to fill the balance between what uh, I would normally get from Social Security and what I will probably get uh, from Social Security. Oh, this is interesting. Um, well, I mean, the, the, I think the concept behind saving f- for retirement, your 401k or an IRA, is to supplement retirement income. So, which is to turn it into a stream of yeah. income. So exactly. are you asking us, how do you turn it into a stream of income? Not really how. It's just I, I know you tend not to favor the annuities, and pension basically is an annuity. That's so correct. Wondering, should I take uh, a portion? We're not, we're, not a, we're not opposed to, to single-life annuities or annuities for guaranteed monthly income. We are opposed to these 15-year-long um, 
uh, equity index annuities that are sold oh. for one th- that that have tremendous commissions. So we think the world would be better off if they were never created because they were so misused. Having said that, there are clearly some times when they make sense. Uh huh. Okay. So um, if your question is, does it make sense to purchase a single life annuity or a joint and survivor life for you and your spouse? Is that the question? Yes. Okay. So let's 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 look at this. What is and and in saying all this, I want you to go to our website allworthfinancial.com and anything that says seven personal decision points, download it, read it, watch it, listen to it. Uh, because it is the retirement planning process that you're going through. Uh, but you went to solution before we went to actually determining need. So do you know how much money you're going to need to live on on a monthly basis in retirement? Yeah, we're, we're going to need about uh, 6500 to 7000 Okay. And how much money will your government pension be? Well, it's defined contribution. So ah. it's sitting, you know, I've got, you know, uh, what is that, about uh, 700000 in two IRAs you okay. know, that I've, I've rolled. Um, so that's the two components. Uh, my wife also has an IRA, about 300000 Okay. And then we have a joint fund of about a half a million. Okay, so we've got total assets. Uh, we've got a and million dollars in IRA. How old are you, Steve? Uh, I'm 67, 68 in the fall. And are you retired now? Yes. Okay. And how much will your Social Security be? Uh, mine would be scheduled at about uh, fifteen hundred, and I think with the WEP they're going to knock it down to about nine hundred. Okay, and your spouses? My spouse at uh, age seventy will be twenty five hundred. And how much? How old is she now? She's my age. Yeah, sixty seven. And where are you receiving? You're both retired. Where's the income coming from now? Uh, we've we just had some cash set aside to uh, carry us through until age seventy. And when did you retire? Uh, two years ago. And that cash you have set aside is that the same cash that you talked about with that five hundred thousand dollars earlier? No, that was set aside. the the five hundred thousand is invested in in our joint account. Uh, this was just in. Uh, so, are you taking any money out of your IRAs today? Not yet. So what's your what's your tax? What was your tax taxable income last year? Oh, last year we were sixty thousand combined, just with part times. And um, why aren't you converting some to a Roth? I I'm I'm not real familiar okay. with that on the. What, I'm just looking so, at okay. It, so, it, but so so uh, so Scott. So, uh, do you pl- what will your income be this year for 2019? This year it will be. Um, well, we might be through s- small contracts and things, maybe forty-five or fifty thousand. Okay, so the answer to your question is this. Uh, so if you need sixty-five to $7,000 a month to live at age 70, and you have enough money to live until that point in time. You're and, fine. And you have $1.5 million in IRAs and non-qualified. In order to get there, you're going to have to take a distribution of about 2.5% on that $1.5 million in order to get your income to $6,900 a month. Let's call it 7 up. So you're going to take a 2.5% distribution on the $1.5 million. That in and of itself tells us that you don't need uh, an annuity in any way, shape, or form. Right? So I took that $1.5 million. I took your income from both you and your spouse's Social Security. I looked at 7000 I took the difference. 
And that's where I came up with this 2.5%. So the answer is you're fine. You're absolutely fine. You have more than enough assets. You've been invested for a long time. You've gone through a number of market cycles. So you're fine. You can, in fact, increase that distribution to 3.5%, 4% with relative ease at the age of 70 and have monthly income of approaching $9,000 a month. So that's the answer to that question. Um, and look at that as part of the three-legged stool that you talked about. In saying all this, you need to actually, you, you've got some great planning opportunities between now and then, age 70, that won't exist after age 70. And the first one is that you have the ability to convert some of this IRA to a Roth IRA, or you have the ability to actually just take some of this income out of the IRA and spend it um, as ordinary income. But what you're doing is your, your required minimum distribution is going to get to such at age 70, probably for you about age 74, 75, so that you're going to be pushing yourself up and possibly into a higher marginal tax rate. So what we're trying to do is convert the money out of an IRA into a Roth IRA when you're in a low marginal tax rate, and you will lose that opportunity after required minimum distributions are required, obviously. Does that make sense? Yes, I and and I've read about the Ross. It seems to make sense. I was just concerned about the you know what will the taxes be? Obviously, depending how much you know the tax rate will go up, and then how does that affect Medicare? Because I know there's a penalty based on yeah the medic the medic the joint income is about one hundred and eighty thousand dollars before it kicks in. So oh okay. yeah, I mean this is the kind of thing you you typically would plan the lat particularly if you're doing some contract work, part time work, you plan the latter part of the year. November, December, you kind of decide how much should you convert to a Roth. And, and you work with a, a qualified financial advisor or you're an accountant which should be giving you guidance on uh, – has the accountant brought this up? No, we haven't talked about that. Well, but you didn't even know about it. The accountant should have brought it up. The accountant might not even know what he's got in his retirement plans. That's a good point, Scott. Okay. Yeah, that's a no. Good... I'll bring that up to him. Yeah, I've wondered about yeah, a good that, financial I've heard I, I, about the tax rates and. and I, I mean, I I think you'd I think you'd you you'd clearly benefit working with a good certified financial planner at a minimum, helping you kind of plan through the stuff right now. Okay, my opinion. Did, uh, I, quick question before we go: Did someone recommend an annuity to you, or was that of your own? Um... Oh, no, it was, I was just doing reading and, uh, you know, and I kind of figured, well, you know, between Social Security and we'll make up the difference between, you know, just withdrawals from our IRAs and, and savings. But then I said, well, you know, you'd like to guarantee uh, that income up to a certain level. Say you wanted to reach out of uh, 7,000 a month, you wanted to make sure you had 5,000 a month of that guaranteed yeah. or something like that. So The challenge is interest rates are are low right now, correct? Right. So it's a great time to get a long-term mortgage for a house. Yes. Would, would you want to be the person loaning the money for the next 30 years or at these rates? Years? No, that's no. what you're doing. By and when you buy it, that's exactly what's happening today. So if you buy a, a long-term immediate annuity, like that's it, you're, you're buying at super low interest rates for oh. the rest of your life. And, and all the insurance company is doing is actually going into the secondary market and purchasing bonds and playing a mortality risk game with your investment dollars and taking a spread or a premium on those because they have same access to the investments yeah, that no you different. have. No different. So 
You're, sure. But you're, but you're, but by the way, you're, you are good shape. financially, you are in great, great shape. shape. You're able to retire comfortably yep. at age 70, but you would, uh, you would benefit from cleaning up around the edges, yeah. uh, some tax benefits that you could be taken care of and just and, and a, some, uh, some planning to, some I think you probably have, you probably have more confidence after you've gone through this, but so, appreciate, appreciate the call very much, Steve. Well, we are about out of time. If you haven't been to Allworth's website in a while, we encourage you to go to allworthfinancial.com uh, because on there we've got uh, a number of good things. One, there's a uh, an article on uh, and what we look at some of the articles that people read the most of, and one of them was uh, your main retirement health care options. The titles, these are your main retirement health care options, and... Um, I think people have liked it, so we. there you go. Um, but we are also continuing this program once we say goodbye to all our terrestrial radio listeners. For our podcast listeners, we're going to talk a little more on the SECURE Act and what it means for uh, IRA, uh, stretch IRAs for beneficiaries. So if you're a podcast listener, we're going to continue on in just a moment. And for the rest of you, it's been wonderful being with you this weekend. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We will see you next week. This has been All Worth Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Okay, podcast listeners, first of all, thank you for being podcast subscribers. Because, um, yes. and if you are you so know, inclined, because the terrestrial us. radio is slowly dying. Do they know that? Who? The radio stations. Yes, they do. Yes. It, they're actually, they are trying, they're to, trying to transform themselves. To transform themselves too. Trying hard at yes, it. Yes, yes. But it's the a, big ones went to bankruptcy. Yeah, but they're still around. They're still around. Yeah, they, yeah. they went into bankruptcy more because of. The debt load they had taken out in, le- in leverage yeah. buyouts. Yeah, okay, fair enough. LBOs. So the Secure Act was is a retirement plan. Now, by the way, this has yet to become law, but it was passed in it, Congress uh, overwhelmingly. It will become law, most likely. Well, there could be some change then because the Senate has changed, and there's been a lot of um, there's been quite a bit of. In the news on this, at least in the financial news on this, Wall Street Journal had a big article. And then people talk about how unfair it is taking the money away from them. So the provision that uh, concerns us or where it has a negative impact, we should say, on people that we serve is uh, required minimum distributions for non-spousal beneficiaries. And the way things are structured now, you have an IRA. Say you've got a million dollars in your IRA. Mom dies. Mom, you have, let's say you, you, you as have a listener a million have a million dollars in your IRA. You die, and it goes to your two children, as an example. They each, your two children, you've got Susie, who's 50, and Billy, who's 48, right? Which Susie and Billy, they would both take that million-dollar IRA, they'd break it into two IRAs, what are called benefit. this is what they should do, the right kind of planning, beneficiary IRAs. Susie's got five hundred thousand in hers. Billy's got five hundred thousand in his. They can take as much as they want out. Whenever they withdraw money, they have to claim that the income as taxable income to on their own tax return. Yes, or they can choose to defer the majority of it for the remainder of their life expectancy. So they're fifty years of age. They've got 
20, Let's say 30 years. 28, of life 30 years. 30 years, probably 50 years. Let's say it's a 30-year life expectancy. So Susie has, to, has required to take out 1 30th of the retirement account the first year, 1 29th of the retirement account the second year, 1 28th of the retirement account the third year, et cetera. So, so that she, was the old way. That's the current way. Which will be the old way. Maybe. Okay. That's the current way. Under the SECURE Act, which passed, Congress voted 417 to 3. It's a 125-page bill, all kinds of little nuances here and there. But the big issue on for this is this that stretch IRA that we just talked about under current rules where Susie and Billy can split, can take the distributions over their life expectancy. Under the new bill that passed Congress, has yet to pass the Senate, beneficiaries would be required to withdraw the money within 10 years. So under this scenario, Billy, Susie, they would have to take out roughly 50000 a year over the next 10 years to, and pay tax on it. And the reason some people are frustrated about this is, like, wait a minute, this is going to go to my kids. They're in the prime of their working years. And they're going to then move into a, could move into a higher marginal tax rate. Yes. These dollars. Which actually, good, good financial planning tells you that you should actually pay attention to your beneficiaries' tax rates as much as you should your own. Because sometimes you're better off taking more money above and beyond the required minimum distributions from your IRAs if you believe that you're in a lower marginal tax rate than the beneficiaries are. Yeah. Now, we don't know if this is going to become law. Under this provision today, uh, people that are, are currently uh, a recipient of a beneficiary IRA, my mother-in-law passed away 10 years ago. My wife has a small beneficiary IRA of which she takes required minimum distribution. Those are grandfathered in. It would be new ones going forward. When when this becomes law. Yeah. So again, this is still needs to pass the Senate. We'll see what happens. And of course, we will update uh, you as that uh, comes. But just keep this in mind. And if it does become law and you have any significant assets in your retirement account, probably time to revisit your estate plan. And look I mean, to this, see. I mean, if you're going to give anything to charity, these might be the best dollars to give to charity or some and, portion thereof. And especially, uh, especially at death. Yeah. So, uh, and thank you for being a podcast subscriber. And if you have yet to give us a review, we would encourage you to give us a review. You can go on to iTunes, just search All Worth Money Matters. You'll find us right there. Hit a review, type something in. And if you don't know how to do it, go to allworthfinancial.com and click on our podcast uh, link there. Or You'll figure it out. You know, yeah, and we'll teach you how to show you how to do it there, too. So thanks again, and um, glad you are an Allworth subscriber. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.